Blackcast. Happy New Year! That's right, this is the first Blackcast of 2020, and we're going to talk about the same old stuff as last year. That's right, it is another episode talking about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, joined once again by Jeff DeRay. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, high energy. Yeah. Is that the new you for 2020? Drugs. Oh, lots of drugs. Great. Uh, that you know what? That makes me suspect that Duray Jeff might be setting here, but uh, we'll we'll confer at the end You'll of the episode know. and see which one we have. Uh, and of course, Christian Blatt, as always, here you can find me on Twitter at Christian DMZ. Jeff is at Jeff Duray or at Jeff. No, no, at Duray underscore Jeff. Yes. So both of those. You got to follow them both because you never know. And as is always the case, when there's a new Star Wars movie, we always make time to talk to our great friend, artist Dave Dorman. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Hey, thanks for having me again. Absolutely. And uh, people can find you at Dave Dorman on Twitter. And is it uh, Dave Dorman Art? Is that the website? I didn't do a good job preparing my plugs this week. Uh, yeah, nice. Um, it's Dorman Art, D-O-R-M-A-N-A-R-T.com, or DaveDorman.com. Or DaveDorman.com. Okay, great. So that's where everyone can find you. Do you have an alternate site of dog paintings called Dave Dorman Arf? Just <laughs> a long way to go. Well, hey, look. Don't dismiss it just yet. Just think about whether or not that's a that's a uh, you know a whole new area to branch into. Um, I want to spend a lot of time talking about Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, but I want to start off talking about the Mandalorian because Dave, my understanding is you have not seen it yet. Uh, yeah, you but, know it's just one of those things where Disney Plus is like uh, two feet away from me, and I just can't get to it to turn it on. Well, you gotta pay. You gotta pay for it. And here's the thing: now that the season ended, you can get your free week, watch the whole thing, and then cancel it. You know, if if you, if you want to see some of the Marvel shows later, then you worry about that then. But the interesting thing I thought, because you and I spoke a little bit before this, is that right. you have not seen the show, but you've already received numerous requests for the most popular character from the show. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The um, uh, I, you know, I, I kept up on it with uh, each episode, you know, through social media. Sure. So it's Impossible it's not a big not deal for, you know, spoilers or anything for me because I I approach it always with an open mind. Yeah. Uh, so you know, so I know what the the show is about, and I'm certainly looking forward to seeing it. But obviously, this um, the child. Yes, the child. Uh, huh. Yes, the <laughs> child has become a very popular character, and so I've been asked quite a few times to, uh, uh, you know, give my rendition of of the child. So actually, I'm I'm painting one right now. Uh, I've been doing it on Facebook Live. Excellent. And I will probably be finishing it tomorrow afternoonish sometime. So if people want to uh, tune in. It's uh, on, on Facebook. It's Dave Dorman Artist. I actually have another great idea slash request. Do uh, like do one of those age up ones of the child, and you just call it Old Man the Child. Old Man the Ooh, Child. Old Man the Child. So, it's, so he's basically just just Yoda. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, you yep. know, for those of us who were able to be surprised by it, it was a pretty great reveal that that's what that that thing was. You know, that that the the show revolved around. But it's not going to make the show not enjoyable to know that. You know, some of the familiar sort of characters we see. I mean, it's not IG 
but it's IG-11, but he looks just like IG-88. You know, so there's a lot of great characters that you get to see, and it's it's nice to kind of see this world, this, well, it's world is uh, not big enough, but just to see this universe, this galaxy, five years after Return of the Jedi, you know, and you kind of, you start to get an idea how, Oh, yeah, you know, that New Republic didn't really button things down, did they? There's a little too much Empire running around. You can you can start to get a hint as to how the First Order was able to happen, you know, in the space of, I don't know if they established, is it like 30 years? Is it 25? Whatever. I, whatever. Yeah, 25 or 30, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you can kind of see, like, oh, yeah, five years in, you know, people are already not taking the New Republic seriously. Uh, so, uh, well, I do look forward to talking to you about it once you've had a chance to see it. And I think some of the characters, once you get to know them a little bit better, you might uh, be interested. Uh, but obviously, the the main character, the Mandalorian, is, uh, you know, it's a similar look to Boba Fett. Has he been one of the most requested characters for you? I'm just sort of curious. Um, yeah, he was definitely uh, one of the most popular characters, certainly as far as, as artwork goes and my involvement uh, in artwork. He is more requested than Luke Skywalker or Han Solo. Uh, I think the only other character more requested would be Darth Vader. Sure. But, uh, you know, he's got a fun costume. He's uh, Mr. Mysterious. Yeah. Um, you know, you can put him in all sorts of, of different, uh, scenarios, uh, because you just don't know where he's from. And, and, uh, he's definitely sort of grasped the imagination of, of the fans. Do you think if, uh, Boba Fett made his way up the ranks in the empire, he'd be Moffat? He's got like a tight set tonight. He's like, he's working all of his jokes for Comic-Con, which is great, by the way, Moffat. Uh, and then would, would Moffat go on to produce Sherlock and Doctor Who and become Stephen Moffat? So you see, we're bringing it all together. Uh, it all ties in, let's yeah. get down to what we're really going to talk about for the majority of the show is the rise of Skywalker. On a previous episode, Jeff and I shared a lot of our thoughts after we finished. I thought of a whole bunch of things that I didn't even get to. But uh, overall, I want to ask about, Dave, your reaction to the movie uh, when you saw it, just sort of starting with just this movie, and then we'll kind of go into how it interacts with uh, the rest of this trilogy and the saga as a whole. Sure. Well, for me, I've been a moviegoer all my life, and and, uh, I don't necessarily have big expectations going into any movie. Uh, I've learned that you know, early on that, uh, you just go in and enjoy it for what it is. And, and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, obviously rise of Skywalker has a lot of baggage, you know, going into it, sure. but you know, I tried to have an open mind and, uh, I thought it was a good film. I, I enjoyed it. Um, obviously, you know, there were some, some holes in the plot. I think some, some quick editing cut a lot of stuff out. Um, but overall, I thought it was an enjoyable film, just like each of the three new f- or three new films uh, have been enjoyable. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it falls back to it's a trilogy. So, did it work as a trilogy? Did it work as the third part of a trilogy? And I, I think the trilogy as a whole was flawed right from the start. And so that you know knocks off a. a 
star from the 10 star uh, (laughs) review. That makes absolute sense. And the way I look at it is what we've got 11 Star Wars films now, obviously the the three trilogies and then the two standalone. And, you know, I would say there's things I enjoy about all of them. Some of the some of the movies I really like. But what it ultimately comes down to, I think my realization was we didn't need any of it after Return of the Jedi. I mean, that's sort of I can't even say it's perfect because each of those films is flawed in its own way. But now when you hold them up against everything that's come since, you're like, yeah, they they really told such a great story there. And I don't think any of this other stuff takes away from that. But it just sort of it can distract from it when you have so much stuff. You know, I mean, there's things I like in all of the prequel movies and, and some of them have things I really don't like. Uh, and I mean, I would say the, the thing we needed even less in the prequels is probably this trilogy. But I sure enjoyed more of it than I didn't. You know what I mean? But I certainly I didn't need oh, yeah. the story. I understood the prequels because it's it had been promised to us forever. And also there were so many questions of you know let's just see how all that happens. Can you imagine though? Like it, it, it's like Lucas jumped right to the climax with the original trilogy, yeah. which is what made it so great because yeah. it's like he picked the best part of the whole right. thing. Because think about it, if you saw the original trilogy, or sorry, if you saw the prequel trilogy before the original trilogy, you'd spend the first movie being like that's your dad dickhead that's your dad and then you'd be like perv you're kissing your sister yeah that's your dad and the, the reveal would be a joke yeah now it's true and and that's the sort of the thing too with seeing it in real time when the movies came out three years apart which jeff i know that's not the way you would have seen them but uh that's the way that uh, that i certainly saw it and it was just all this time you had literally had three years of like i don't think darth vader's really his father you know that doesn't make any sense luke's the good guy his dad can't be that guy and you know there was you know, there were the, the debates in, in the old way where you would, you know, settle things on the playground. You didn't have to go online to de- debate about it. Right. Uh, and then just the reveal that Princess Leia was his sister. You're like, what? Hey, wait a minute. That raises a couple questions. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, yeah. Did you hear the messed up explanation? So this is another thing that, for me, at, the longer that we've had since the film, the more the zeitgeist detracts from it. Yeah, like, true. Things like the director having to explain things to all of us and then like revolutionary uh, these revelations that we get well after the movie that are nowhere in the actual movie that they're like see it's better because of this uh, because that was Lando's daughter you just didn't know it. Right. And you're like, what? Yeah, Why even say that? If you didn't do it in the movie, <laughs> if you didn't tell just us in the movie, leave yeah. it out. Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like, all right, so when a, a film is based on a book, I can understand the argument of, oh, well, you know, if you read the book, you would kind of know these things. But you should never have to read the novelization of a film yeah. to understand things. And look, I love tie-in comics. And Dave, I know that, you know, tie-in comics have uh, put food on your table a couple of times here and there. So yep. I love all of it. But you shouldn't need any of it it should always be extra you know right right i agree with that uh, wholeheartedly and that's why i I think that there was a a lot of stuff edited out of this film just because there was a lot of things that were trying to be tied up and i'm sure that there were some some plot holes left open like lando's um uh daughter daughter, sure yeah that they want to move into, you know, Disney Plus series or, you know, carry it on. I mean, I I know for a fact, which is not really a fact, but it's my supposition. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> that, a fact that, to you. <laughs> yeah, that, that as soon as Lucas sold to to Disney, you know, I said, 
they're going to create a whole new line of characters and a whole new storyline so that they can have their own characters. And that's basically what they did Yeah, uh, with Ray and, and Finn and, and, uh, and, and Kylo Ren. They just created a whole new world of Star Wars within the world of Star Wars for their characters. Yeah, I mean and – so, And so they're, they're still doing that with uh, Lando's daughter. Yeah, I mean, she is so heavily featured in the film, it's almost like, I, I had a similar thought, like, whether she's Lando's daughter or any of that, as we're watching it, I'm like, all right, so somebody's got a an outline for, you know, an eight-episode Disney Plus series with this character, because we've gotten so much of her, and... I think that it... But wait, there's a Disney Plus Plus series about how uh, Carl Weathers from The Mandalorian is Finn's dad. I mean, even better, by the way. I would love that, too. Uh, so, yeah, and I think I think that, look, from a business standpoint, it made sense to tie this trilogy into the original one and have appearances from all those characters. I think it would have been more interesting if this, I don't know, were like 100 years after Return of the Jedi and these were all new characters. But I also know that that's not the business that uh, any of us are in, you know? So, well, I think I, that's the next. That's where they're going next, and I, and that's where it's actually exciting. Is like, oh yes, please open up the door to new possibilities. Don't like, yeah. Every complaint is like, well, we had to follow this thing. It's like, no, you didn't. You trashed his outlines, and you did your own thing. Yeah. You can't blame the fact that you had to like follow a trilogy you blatantly wanted to follow for money considerations. Right. Yeah. And also, it's like you know, there, there's these three films aren't that different than the original three. You yeah. know, I no. mean, I, I talked. No. About it last week, people, you know, praised how revolutionary the Last Jedi is. But you're like, yeah, but there's all these like major story beats that are from Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, like literally taken right from it. So it's like they're all very similar, and that's sort of the problem. Because like you said, Dave, you're tying up, you're tying up a trilogy, but you're also, well, you're. I don't know how much you're tying up the prequels, but you're tying up really six films. You know, you're sort of having to put a button on a story that was already finished, but because you reopened it, you also like "Ah, let's tidy up a little bit of that mess. I'd say I'd say it's the full arc, if for no other reason than the Emperor. The, yeah, that's the true. Emperor being the ultimate baddie is what makes it the full, full circle because yeah. it was from the start, Sheev Palpatine's moves are what created the entire Star Wars tri- uh, yeah. saga that we have. Oh, oh, and, and I have a theory on oh, that, that. Please that, tell uh, us. I love the theories. Okay, so we go back to the Midchlorians and um, Shmi. Getting pregnant, um, you know, uh, um, by the midchlorians and not knowing who, us not knowing who the dad is. Uh, they were very vague about that. Yes. And and so in the comics, uh, which is now canon, Marvel actually did a story where Palpatine injected the midchlorians into Shmi and thusly created Anakin. Hmm. I like that as a as a theory for sure. Okay, I, yeah. now now let let's go a little bit further uh, into into the cloning aspect of it. So we know now that um, Snoke, yeah, yeah. So we know that Snoke was a clone yeah. of the Emperor, uh, which a lot of us guessed right away. Is he like a Superboy kind of clone where it's like he's not fully Kryptonian because he needed to use some of Lex Luthor's genes to make Snoke? Because, like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. It, you it, just well, didn't I, bake him all I, the way? I, like, I, I what? Think, <laughs> well, when you, when, you, when you go into the Sith sort of stronghold and you see all the sort of messed up clones uh, that are in the, in, in the uh, uh, tanks 
in the back to tanks or whatever they are, um, you get the feeling that he's been trying to, you know, make a proper clone for a while and that he hasn't been able to. So I think that, uh, um, and they never really got into this, but I think that, you know, creating Snoke, he got to the best that he could at a certain point and then went to, you know, reestablish, um, to establish the first order, to reestablish the empire. And, and then he was eventually going to take it over once the clone, his clone yeah. got be, you know, more powerful than anything else. So going back to my uh, midchlorians thing. So I, I thought that what might've happened was that, uh, when I was watching the movie and we find out that he had a child with, um, somebody. <laughs> yes. And then, and then you know, uh, whisked, whisked off to a, a planet, you know, to be hidden. Um, we never found out what that relationship was. So, could he have, in fact, uh, injected another woman with the midchlorians and created another? Uh, and that would have created relative. Ray. Yeah, and no, I, Ray. Yeah. And so that ties in to. Luke and Leia being twins in, uh, uh, you know, Anakin sure. and, and Ray being twins. And then, you know, you have the light side and dark side. So, so you keep the twin sort of relationship going, you know, through Palpatine. And once you bring him back in the end, that really ties up all the stories. I really thought that they were going to, to go sort of in that direction, um, but they didn't. Yeah, and you know, you're sort of mentioning the clone tanks, and uh, that was uh, some of the imagery that uh, you know. This is another thing that you and I talked about beforehand. That imagery was uh, very reminiscent of Dark Empire. That stuff that I do remember, all the Emperor clone tanks. Correct. And I yeah. always had the thought, you know, when it, when the first trailer where we heard the Emperor laugh was like, "Oh, how's he not dead?" I'm like, "Because it's a it's a universe where we know clones exist." So right. you know, right. it's it's not that hard to buy into, and uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, it's also a universe where magic, like, I, always, I get upset whenever somebody's like, that's not plausible. It's like, oh, it's not plausible that in a galaxy far, far away in a time unknown where people <laughs> use magic and lightning and, 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 and there's laser swords. There's wizards. And there's yeah. wizards yeah. and and ships fly inexplicably with no <laughs> propulsion. Like, you know what? Yeah. Shut up. Things happen. Yeah. Because it's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And it's, it's like uh, you get more of that with Star Trek because it tries to explain the science so much but it's like yeah but you have time travel so you know it, it's like yeah anytime that you try to it's like well no my made up science makes more sense than your made up science it's like all right but it's all it's all from your imagination but it makes it fun to talk about for sure but yeah. uh i think it's uh it, it, it i don't know it's always interesting and I, look i'm glad he's back but i think i said this in our last episode who i'm always happy for is the actor Ian McDermott, who in 1980, probably 1982 when they were filming it, he had probably a few days' work as the Emperor, and somehow, 36 years later, he still gets to play this character. And, you know, he got to yeah. play him in the in the prequels. You know, there have been so many occasions for him to be this character that I, I don't think he ever would have imagined. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he's doing conventions. He's doing no, the convention I, circuit. With, I, uh, I, I mean, I want a picture with the Emperor. I feel like... Yep. I feel like 
there may be other actors who are more talented, but I couldn't say somebody who consistently has had a better performance than him in all the Star Wars movies he's Star Wars movies he's been in. Yeah, my favorite thing about the prequels is the way that he underplays all of his behind the scenes machinations when he's when he's Senator Palpatine. He always does this sort of like, oh, but this was such a surprise, but I'll do my best to to serve the Republic. You know, just he goes he's so over the top of the, just like trying to you know do what's right and when you know who he is it's even better you're like oh man that's senator palpatine so yeah he's great and i don't know i found it to be a, a satisfying way to tie up this trilogy which i i re-watched this entire trilogy in the weekend leading up to when i saw it uh i have not had the time to re-watch the others as much as i would have loved to i you know there's only so much time i made the time to watch these but uh i i feel like it was ultimately satisfying i had a lot of fun with it and that's why i I really liked The Force Awakens as well because they were fun and you know we talked about Solo when it was out that that was just fun from beginning to end I, I really enjoyed yeah. that I it's just what I want you know I don't need more than that I don't need my Star Wars movies to be you know a film with a capital F and Jeff knows this because we talked about it the night before I saw Rise of Skywalker I for the first time I rewatched The Last Jedi, which I kind of didn't love, and we talked about that when it was out a couple years ago. Uh, Dave, Jeff, and I, we all talked about it. You can find that episode. And I didn't watch it again because I had that feeling. And then watching it again, I liked it even less than I remembered. All the things that that bothered me bothered me so much more. And it's probably because the way people talk about the movie, like, oh, it's like, oh, this is like the only good one. There are people who are like, well, I got to rank these movies. It's a, A New Hope and then The Last Jedi. I'm like, no. Nothing that's come after the original trilogy compares to it. But if you want to make your lists, go ahead. That's fine. I made a list of my own trying to be a pain in the ass last episode. But no, I'll continue to do it. But there were a lot of things that bothered me about it. But the thing it did best was that I felt like I could understand and at least deal with the character of Kylo Ren. I think in Force Awakens... I just felt like it never really landed with me, you know, like who he was. And, you know, it just, I don't know if it was the performance. Adam Driver's great. But something about his first movie, I I just couldn't buy into it as much. This movie, sorry, The the Last Jedi, I think that the Rey and Kylo stuff is all great. Especially that scene in the throne room that everybody talks about. That was amazing. I thought that the fact that they had a connection, all of this stuff was great. And I think without that, this movie doesn't really work so uh yeah that's true i mean i mean you have a number of scenes uh, where if they hadn't established that that connection through the uh uh, void of space or however you want to you want to put it using the force uh a lot of this wouldn't have worked in in the new film and i thought that was real interesting i i I think that they uh that jj uh abrams sort of grasped on that and made it a very smart part of the the plot, and especially towards the climax. Yeah, and I I think that I, I don't know I think that because and look I had the benefit of of watching it the night before going into this I was just ready to you know see this new one, and I. I found it to be very exciting all the way through, and you know, I, I think I'm, well, I'm hearing rumblings that J.J. Abrams' original cut was like close to three hours or at three hours, and I don't think it. Look, there's definitely questions that are raised, 
But I feel like it was a good length. They managed to maintain the action and the excitement, you know, and there was good character stuff all across the board. So I, I feel like this one just worked for me in a way that the last one didn't. And if you really want to know all my thoughts on the last one, you can listen to our last episode. But, <laughs> uh, you know, so I was I was a lot happier with this. I think you you definitely get a lot of people who, because of what they felt The Last Jedi was, they don't like this film because right. they feel like it went in and undid things. And one of the things that people loved from The Last Jedi was this idea that you could be nothing. You don't have to be part of this family. You don't have to be a Skywalker to be important. And to everyone who says that, I'm like, okay, so Ray doesn't prove that. But what proves that better than Finn? He literally doesn't know anything about himself. He was stolen from his parents. He's He doesn't have a name. Who's a bigger nobody than Finn when we first meet him in The Force Awakens? No, the, yeah, Force Awakens. And right. the fact that he ends up becoming a war, hero, a war hero and a general, I think that proves that point. So for everybody who liked that idea, people who are so offended at the idea, there's somebody I know who's literally offended that, that they undid that and that she was a Palpatine. I'm like, no, that's really interesting. And Finn still makes that point. You know, I think he's he's an interesting character that, you know, hopefully we'll see more of him somewhere. Maybe Finn gets his own show. But I think it still makes that point that, yeah, look, I, I think the, the Skywalker family is clearly very important. The Palpatine family, well, he made himself very important. But... There, you know, and and Paul Dameron. I mean, he's a, you know he's a, a a Han Solo type. You know, there's a lot of allusions to the life he led before he joined the rebellion. You know, right. people can become whatever they want to. So I, I don't know. I think that this film still makes that point. It just doesn't make it about the character that everybody wanted it to be about. Two thoughts. Uh, one, right. the one that's occurring to me right now is like, does Star Wars play by like Harry Potter rules, where it's like you can be a non-Jedi who has, gives birth to Jedi's, but if you're all Jedi's, then you're definitely going to have Jedi children. Uh, I would think that's a great question. I think that would make sense if if two Jedi's had a child, you would assume that child would be a Jedi. But but yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's any any real rhyme or reason to it, uh, Dave. In, in any no, of the expanded universe you know, stuff, do they ever handle that? Sorry, I didn't catch the last no, part. No, but in, in any of the expanded universe stuff, do you ever feel like they address you know the the parentage of Jedi's or any of that? It's not something that I'm familiar with. There, there is a little bit of of um, uh, sort of explanation as far as you know children of Jedi usually being Jedi, um, but there are you know norm no, quote normal. Uh, people that uh, are able to harness the force and and use that as well. I mean, we see that at the end of um, uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, with the little boy in the stables. Yeah. Last Jedi. Oh yeah, that, that last, is the last, last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, exactly. So you know, you, you if you think about it, you can't figure that his parents were Jedi's. Yeah. Um, they're probably just you know poor uh, you know workers. On the on that planet, yeah, and I just think they do a good job of, with the of setting up that you have people that can become Jedi's, and then you have people that are just right. force sensitive. You know, they might be able to kind of know it's there. They might be able to do a little bit, but they're not somebody that's ever going to be a Jedi. Well, Jedi to me is like it's a it's like a religion. It's a training. Yeah. You get trained 
in being force sensitive, you can become you can be trained to become a Jedi. But then it's like in the right. Star Wars universe, you have all sorts of other creatures that are inherently force sensitive. Like in uh, one of the things that I thought was really cool about the animated show Rebels yeah. is they really dive into that. They have like different creatures that kind of represent different things. And this was like. While these trilogies were coming out, they had this one particular character that I think led to a lot of people on this whole gray Jedi idea. Right. And this character was called the Bendu. And he's basically like, no, no, no. Jedis ha- are like a thing. To- Just like Siths are like a, a negative, Jedis right. being a positive creates like not balance in the Force. So he's like, you being here, you got to go. Even though you're a Jedi, you're disturbing my peace. I'm a neutral Force being. But yeah, it was right. like that. It, it just led to the idea. And then that was my other, my understanding originally is it's like when they constantly talk about balance in the Force, it doesn't mean getting rid of dark side users. It means being equal amount of like light and dark side users or people not picking sides. Right. So it's like... Right. I- I had I had an argument with somebody about this Ooh. just recently. I love arguments. Tell me. Yeah, it, it was about the the um, the balance of the force and the light side and the dark side and and uh, you know the the quotes of the emperor uh, saying you know this this person will bring balance to the force and you know uh, Yoda saying oh yes there's a balance force. Okay, well in the history of the Star Wars galaxy there was ne- there's never been a balance because you had the Jedi's driving the Sith away, which makes the Jedi the most powerful. There's no balance there. And then before that, you have the Sith who went after the Jedi's, and then the Emperor saying, "You got, you know, Darth Vader's going to bring balance to the Force." Well, no. The first thing he does is tell Anakin to go kill all the Jedi's. Yeah. So you know, there's no balance in the Force there. <laughs> You know, you're, you're wiping out, you know, one side and, and the other side of the teeter-totter is just going to get really heavy and <laughs> uh, fall down. So, I mean, this whole balance of the force thing, I think, um, uh, is a misnomer. There's there's never been a balance. And there never will be. I mean, you can see uh, uh, through all nine films, there's, there was never a balance. And and even, even at the end of, of this film, you know the Sith are still there. Uh, Ray... And, and Kylo didn't kill all the Sith. Right. They all weren't on one little asteroid, uh, you know, yeah. feeding feeding the Emperor. There's there's still no balance. There'll, there'll never be a balance. Yeah, I mean, certainly good... certainly they try. It's like wars in, on this planet. Yeah. You know, there's never going to be a balance. There's always going to be some type of conflict somewhere. And people say, oh, oh you know, this, this president's going to unite the world or, you know, <laughs> yeah. this president's going to destroy the world. Well, yeah, either way, that's not a balance. No, and to your point, I mean, there, that in all of these films, there's never been a balance. I mean, when you think about when the prequels start, there are so many Jedi and you don't feel like there are many Sith at all. They hadn't seen them in, I don't know, they're, they're rumored and they right. hadn't been seen in hundreds mm-hmm. or thousands of years or whatever. So this was... This this was actually like a meme or something I saw that made this point, and I was like, oh, that's perfect. So pr- before the prequels, about 10,000 Jedi, two Sith, right? right? Then Anakin is told, said that he's going to bring balance to the Force. When he converts to the dark side, he slaughters off all the Jedi. Then there are two known Jedis left, Yoda and Obi-Wan, and oh, yeah. two Siths. Darth Vader and, and the Emperor. Palpatine, yeah. Balance. Yeah. No, that's true. That, hey, that, that is balance. There's, there's just two yeah. and two. Well, yeah, I would argue with that. Oh, yeah. It's just, but um, it's, it's an interesting way to look at it, though. I mean, I'm yeah, sure... it is. You, it is. You have other I, I people... The whole balance yeah. of the Force thing is, is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's sort of a MacGuffin. Yeah. Uh, to, to just, you know, quantify good versus evil. 
Um, let's talk about this film, some of the specifics, uh, Dave. Are, are there any of the sequences that really stood out for you? You know, when we talked about The Last Jedi, we talked about that throne room scene and how great that was. Uh, so were there were there any sequences that stood out, any new visuals that got you to think like, oh, man, I can't wait to get in the studio and, you know, paint that specific thing that I hadn't seen before, or a character or a ship or anything? Um... You know, I really thought that they did a great uh, thing by having the the ending, the climax, on this planet with that stormy sea. Yeah, that was beautiful, beautifully visual, uh, showing the 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 trauma and the the dynamics of good versus evil and the the uproar that it it can bring. Uh, I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, uh, you know, I, I thought I, I know this is corny, but I thought that having uh, Han Solo show up um, as a ghost and sort of sort of tying that that change to Kylo, um, you know, because you could tell that, that that's that is a thing that's been bothering him throughout the, the trilogies. Yeah. Throughout the trilogy is is his conflict. And I think him singing, and we don't know if it was a ghost or if it was just his mind uh, uh, seeing that. But I think that uh, emotionally, that really worked. It worked for me, at least. I think it was real, because um, wasn't that Leia bringing him well, there that, and, and that, that killed her? That's, or am I mis- that's one of the theories, that okay. Leia used some of her, her Force abilities to kind of create this uh, ghost. I mean, there's a lot of... There's, well, right. It's not inherently explained. I think that's a good theory. Well, that's what it seemed like yeah. when... So, so the reason the timing, I thought, well, yeah. not just that, because before, like, before she, that happens, Luke says that uh, she has the vision, right, when he was training mm-hmm. uh, Leia, and then she has a vision that her training... She She's going to reach like full masterhood and full like unity with the force, aka disappear. Yeah. And it's going to have like coincide with like the death of her son or something with her right. son. So that's why I thought that yeah, that was and what that was. That was one of the things that I forgot to mention when we did our first episode about this was just uh, the legitimate surprise that we saw Harrison Ford in this movie because I had no reason to expect that. Mm-hmm. You only expect to see Jedi's uh, appear as, um, you know, force ghosts yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So that was a legitimate surprise. And, uh, of course, as is always the case uh, as, as a father, anytime you deal with those kind of relationships, uh, I did not cry during that, but I got very close. My wife cried, but she cries it a lot, so I don't know how much that's worth. But yeah, it, I think it, I it cried. got me. Yeah. I got choked up. Yeah, I, I, it got to me, but I was just like, I was too excited. I'm like, no, I, I, if I have tears in my eyes, I'm going to have trouble watching Star Wars, so I need to not cry. So, uh, But I, I thought that it was really well done, and I thought that it, it was a really important moment, which it, it's it's interesting to see, because when you want to talk about character arcs, when you just think about think about Han just from when we met him in A New Hope, you know, you can you can exclude Solo, but he's the same character, so really Han's arc becomes, you know, this guy who, you know, just refers to the Force as a hokey religion, and just sort of the, the journey we see him on, even in A Force Awakens, when he says, like, yeah, I didn't really believe either, but I've seen too much stuff. It, those aren't the words he says, but that's the, the gist of who he is, and then ultimately he plays this really important role and maybe it doesn't bring the quote-unquote balance to the force, but that's a really important moment that that Ben Solo is able to talk to his dad, and yeah, it it, it shows how much that really has bothered him since the moment he did it. Well, I also think it lends some credence to things that are said 
I think in the Last Jedi, like Snoke is is tearing him a new a hole, being like, "Ah, you're all torn up about your father," but we don't see anything that yeah. really, like, other than him not killing Leia when he has the chance to shoot the missiles at the uh, like command deck of her ship before yeah, she does right. the space ghost fly shit. Uh, <laughs> well, there's that. Well, because yeah. he's about to do it and then he doesn't, and then the guys fly up behind, uh, right by him, and then shoot it and ends up blowing it up anyway, so that he feels like, "Oh, well, I didn't directly kill her, but yeah, I helped kill her." Yeah. And so at that point, I was like, I don't see this remorse. Like, I see him not wanting to kill his mom, but it's like, I don't, that doesn't connect to me as like this, like, unending regret for what happened with his dad. You'd imagine someone to feel that way, but not necessarily a Sith who went on and like killed a bunch of kids. Uh, since we're talking so much about Princess Leia, let's talk about, you know, sort of the the unfortunate hand that the filmmakers were dealt, and obviously that's one way to look at it. Of course, the loss of human life is is always sad. The passing of uh, Carrie Fisher was, uh, of course, one that we, we talked about uh, on this show. I think it happened right around when Rogue One came out, unless I'm mistaken. And the, uh, you know, so obviously they need to tell this story with her, and I, I know some of it was existing footage, and I think they did the best that they could. That sort of last sequence where she's like led to lay down and it's all dark and the voice honestly doesn't sound like her. But I was willing to give them, you know, a complete pass on it because look, it's not like you ran into a contract dispute with someone. You, you just, she wasn't around. You had to finish the film. So no, it didn't bother me. And it doesn't seem like. For people who don't like the movie, that doesn't seem to be something that they point to as like, well, one of the problems was Carrie Fisher, you know, sort of not really being there, but being in there. Uh, Dave, how did you think that they handled the the ultimate end of of Princess Leia's storyline? I think they did just fine um, using the uh, um, the previous footage, you know, digitizing it and, and making it fit within the context of, of what they wanted. Uh, it, it was fine. I mean, it really, it was just exposition on moving the uh, story forward, you know, finishing up the relationship with Ray and then moving the forward story to where, you know, she dies and the Force Ghost and, and all of that. Uh, I mean, really, she wasn't integral yeah. to part three. Um, but I think that, that uh, you know, people at Lucasfilm and Disney, you know, felt the obligation to include her uh, uh, in the film. I mean, obviously, they could have written her off by starting the, this film with uh, a funeral. Yeah, um, that's true. And, and, then, and then moved from there. But, you know, for me, it wasn't a Bella Lugosi thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, plan just, nine in Plan Nine know? from Outer Space, Bella Lugosi is in the film, but only through archival footage and someone who is much taller than him walking around with a Dracula cape over his face. So you don't ever actually see him. I think that's uh, that's the best instance of this ever happening. But Jeff, what did you think about sort of what they were able to do with Carrie Fisher in this film? I'll get to that in one second. Sure. There's a Steve Martin and. Um, Eddie Murphy movie with Bowfinger, co- Bowfinger, where they yeah. do Heavy Rain, where mm-hmm. they do that same thing. Yeah, I just <laughs> I haven't thought of Bowfinger in a long time, but that that was a that was a fun one. Yeah, I wish I had remembered the name of the film. That's a right. more interesting way to bring That's it. Up. Right. Anyways, um, I was gonna say I don't think as far as the Carrie Fisher death stuff and and just her whole role in the movie, it just felt like it was uh, 
it you're like okay oh i get that we need to do this but yeah. i i really th- through the entire last trilogy i just didn't need her at all like her scenes to me weren't that integral to anything i understand that her as a concept and as a symbol of the 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 well the rebellion, rebellion but, but also yeah, as Luke skywalker's sister yeah i mean and all these things yeah. i get why she was symbolically important but just she didn't really seem important ever in any to me in any of the movies like i would have been totally yeah. fine if when that deck exploded she was gone in that in Last Jedi, and then we just moved well, on from that. That was what I thought at the time. It's like instead of you know giving her this inexplicable power where she can fly through space and and you know survive the lack of oxygen, that would have made sense. But also, that essentially t- changes the story so much because what you were talking about. No, Ben didn't kill her, but he didn't stop her from dying. So I think that changes the story too much. So I, I think it was nice that they gave her a send-off, but yeah, I don't know that we needed it. I think that with the Princess Leia character, they did a much better job with the now-expanded universe stuff from the uh, Heir to the Empire novels and those uh, the Dark Empire, you know, and, and there's a lot that went beyond the stuff that I never even got around to reading, but I, I think that they, they did a lot more with her, but I also think, you know, yeah, you, you didn't need her. It's the same way that we didn't need any of these movies. Uh, you know, it was like how in Force Awakens, I was like, man, they got everybody except Lando. Where's Lando? Well, then they give you Lando in this, and you're like, oh, that's why they didn't give us Lando. False. You are <laughs> uh, you are missing the biggest cameo of the entire film and pretty much the one part of fan service that worked for everybody. What was and that? That was Wedge Antilles. That was pretty great. Gun. That was pretty great because I had wondered where Wedge was as well. I thought he had retired, but uh, I guess that was Wedge. Best, yeah, I know. best pilot in the Rebellion. Yeah. See, but it would have been cooler if like Wedge and Poe were both flying X-Wings yeah. and uh, did some like, I'm I'm the real stud here. Yeah, they could they could have raced. That's what we really want. It's like, who's faster, Batman or the Flash? I was not Batman. Superman or the Flash, but Batman too. No, uh, but yeah, so that's true. That was a character that we want to see. But I I think that, yeah, look, I mean, this whole trilogy is is fan service on some level. Mm -hmm. But it's also, you know, uh, look, everybody's financially motivated right now. I get it. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Um, I I was just, I walked out of Rise of Skywalker very happy. I know uh, there are a number of people who didn't, but it seems like there's, you know, and I think that there's plenty of middle of the road opinions. There's plenty of people you talk to who, you know, Dave, you said you liked all three of these uh, these sequel movies. You know, I'm sure there's problems with all of them, but you know, there's plenty of people who like all of them. It doesn't have to be like, well, you either like the Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. That's just the way that I see it. And right. our friend Will, who's not here this week, he's a Last Jedi guy, not a Rise of Skywalker guy, which I think we'll talk to him about next week. But at some point, we'll talk to him about it. But what were you going to say, Dave? Yeah. I was going to say, you know, I, when I came came out of uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, I was just thinking about the trilogy as a whole, and it was really obvious that when they started this trilogy, they had no idea where they were going story wise for the three films, uh, and and that that to me was probably the biggest mistake that they could have made was not having good story editors not having a staff that would, could sit down Seriously. and say, okay, this is what we're doing in the first film, connecting it to the second film, and then climaxing it in the third film. They didn't do that. And uh, by by hiring a director that wasn't known for science fiction, yeah, um, uh, I think that hurt. I mean, there were a lot of things uh, about the whole 
trilogy that that were problematic. Um, but coming out of, of Skywalker, uh, I was thinking that they would be real smart to edit down Last Jedi to be about 30 minutes long. <laughs> That's exactly and, how I feel. And, and Jeff, yeah, didn't I make that Jeff, suggestion Jeff last actually time? made that point in our last episode. That oh, there's okay. yeah, there's and stuff you need. To, yeah. to uh, Force Awakens yeah. or tag it to the beginning of, yeah. of Skywalker to give you all the plot points that need to be made yeah. so that you can tie the story all the way together. Yeah, when anybody who uh, sings the praises of The Last Jedi really digs in and tells you how much we needed that storyline on the casino planet, that's when I know we can't really talk about it anymore because I can't take them seriously. Does anybody say that, though? Yeah, no, yeah. You, you, you don't have to look too far on Twitter for people who make the point of, like, actually, that's amazing, and they try to give you the reasons would, why. So, like... But most be, people don't like it. I'd, be, I'd call myself an apologist of the film in, yeah. in terms of, like, I've never had an issue with yeah. the movie. I It annoyed me that this movie made that movie seem less credible, so that made me enjoy the movie less. That's what I said last yeah. time. But, like, that, I mean, that sequence, everyone knows, was a fucking waste of time. But, see, there's not, because there's people who are so, they need to have that film be great that they, they just can't acknowledge what a waste but, of time that was. And, and, Dave, you know, I make right. the point that we didn't need a storyline on a casino planet because we got Casino Planet in the pilot TV movie for Battlestar Galactica in 1978. So we've never <laughs> yeah, needed a Casino true. Planet since then. And yeah. I, I thought you would appreciate that. But look, I think the fundamental problem is, in hindsight, yes, J.J. Abrams should have directed all three. Their plan was to have Colin Trevorrow direct this movie. And for a variety of reasons, I think that a little bit of the fan reaction to Last Jedi, but also some of Colin Trevorrow's uh, subsequent work, I think that the the studio, Disney, just didn't feel comfortable. They're like, no, we need J.J. to tie this up. And him bookending it is like, well, you have this middle story that doesn't really fit. I think if it had been three distinct filmmakers where the third one was tasked, and take Colin Trevorrow as a filmmaker out of it, just a third director, you know, being Christopher tasked, Nolan, Chris, Star I was Wars. Literally gonna please. Say, I was literally going to say Christopher Nolan, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> Star Wars. No Although one respected Darth Vader before he donned this mask. <laughs> Although Quentin Tarantino supposedly has written a Star Trek movie, so we'll, but, that's see. what they say. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah. Well, I mean, you look back on on the original trilogy, you had three different directors, and and that was still you know a cohesive whole. Yeah. Uh, as far as as you know, making one story, you know, in three parts. So it can be done. Yeah. I think that there's just too much um, political infighting at the studios and, and in the agencies and, and uh, you know, putting together a, a big film or a big series like this that just really handcuffs it too much now. Uh, I think the thing I'm most excited about from Rise of Skywalker is that it's over. And so now we can have new Star Wars stuff, and if I like it, I can enjoy it and not have to worry about somebody telling me that I like something because I'm an idiot because it's not like the way it used to be in the late 70s and, and early 80s when yeah. you could tell that it was a yeah, puppet. And, and like, just, I, I okay. Think, oh, sorry. I think that's, that's why The Mandalorian is so popular is it's set in the universe, but it doesn't have – those characters that have all that baggage we're, we're starting fresh and uh i think that's a really good direction uh to go and uh um you know i think they wrapped it up fine you know with uh uh with ray being at skywalker ranch 
at the end and you seeing the double sons and, and Luke's theme, you know, coming up and, and it was just a, a wonderful, you know, ending to yeah, the series. And, and so let's move on. The acknowledgement to the the tie-ins, you know, the the for the animated series and things, the fact that she had a white lightsaber, which we hadn't seen in the films yellow. before. Her right. is yellow. Okay, but it was like a it was like a non Jedi Sith color. It was a neutral color, which I thought was actually really cool. Right. Yeah. So I thought that uh you know I I think that the, I don't know. I, I I was just happy with it. I've been meaning to see it again, but uh, getting out of the house to uh see the movie a second time has uh, just been very difficult to do but uh i i feel like i don't like you know i i can i can watch it when it comes out and see it at home but i would like to see it in the theater one more time uh i i said this for uh i think all of them <laughs> i think i said uh the only one i i saw more than once in the theater though was force awakens uh but i i would like to see this again uh and look the idea that we will get some of these characters in in disney plus shows Look, I don't know how excited I would be for a Finn or Poe Dameron movie, but I would be very interested in seeing them in like an eight-part series. You know, that maybe is only one season. Uh, if that's something that they're interested in doing, I'm like, sure. You know, tell an interesting story. I'm there for it. You know, I don't, I don't need it because I need it. Uh, but I think that what you were saying before about the Mandalorian that works. I think because it's not a Boba Fett show, it was like a new character. It's like, yeah, look, it kind of looks like him, but there's this whole backstory that you're going to have to learn a lot about. And I, I think that it, and, and they didn't do the obligatory. Oh, here's Boba Fett popping up for one episode. Well, uh, ooh, how did he get away when, from the Starlight? When, when you see it, there's a flashback that it would have made a hundred percent sense if he were in it because it takes place like 20 years earlier. So oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, you see some Mandalorian and, and I like, was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, Oh man, it's going to be Boba Fett. And then he wasn't there. And I'm Do like, you know what those Mandalorians were supposed were though? Cause that they're a fighting force called death watch. And oh, they used that... to watch over Mandalore. Okay. Well, yeah, in any case, the, that was from the Clone Wars, yeah. Right. In any case, I, I thought that we could have gotten them, but I, I think it works. And look, some of the choices that they're making, like we know that one of the series we're going to get is Cassie on Endor, and I, I don't know how much I, I think right now at this moment that that's like something I, I'm super interested in seeing. But I don't doubt that it'll be compelling. The Obi Wan Kenobi series, I'm very interested in because I would love to fill in that gap between episodes three and four of what he was up to. And and I love you, McGregor. So you know, yeah, I'm a sucker it, for it, that. I, I'm certainly looking forward to that. The, the Cassian uh, uh, and our um, uh, series, you know, uh, because he's a military guy, I think that could be a really interesting, yeah. you know, look at this sort of sort of rebellion underground that you really don't get to see that much except in Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we don't we don't really see a lot of it in in well, definitely not in the in the 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 trilogy the trilogies plural. Uh but and, and, yeah. And you got to see some really cool parts of of the military in Solo as well. Yeah. And, that's true. You know, I think that's really interesting and so if they take Cassian into you know, that sort of intrigue, um, maybe, you know, maybe Rat Patrol-like, where he has a couple of guys and they're just running around and, and in their ship and getting involved in, you know, blowing <laughs> Empire stuff and, 
and uh, you know that that could uh, be fun. This is a Jeff specific question, but uh, obviously I'll be looking for your answer on it too. But uh, what about if we got a prequel Lando series with Donald Glover as uh, Lando? You're, are, yeah. I assume you'd be pretty excited yeah. about that. As yeah. long as it's also written and directed by Donald the, Glover. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's he wrote an entire season of a Deadpool show that we'll never see. So uh, let's give him the chance <laughs> for that. Uh, I, I would, I feel like that would work better than a than a Billy D. Williams Lando. I'm more interested in what he was up to back at that time, but Lando, I don't think we'll get a Lando movie. Lando Lanta. Lando the Lost. <laughs> I like uh, Lando Lanta good. But, you know, that's something that I'd want to see. There's this weird movement online of people who are, I, I don't know, they're, they're really worked up over the character of Rose, Rose Tico in The Rise of Skywalker and how she right. was marginalized and something that I called being Jar Jar because after the first movie, Jar Jar's barely in those movies, you know. Uh, I think he speaks on the floor of the Senate. I think he's good for a filibuster. That's really all you need him for. Uh, and how unfair it was that she wasn't in it. I was just like, look, J.J. Abrams didn't create that character uh, yes, it it definitely was a weird moment where it's like, hey, we're all going to go off on an adventure. Do you want to come? And she's like, nope, I'm going to stay here. And you're like, all right, I thought she was your friend. But uh, I, I didn't – look, I, I didn't – I have no problem with the actress, Kelly Marie Tran. I feel really bad for her about the way people treated her after that movie. And, the you know, both she uh, and Daisy Ridley, you know, shut down their social media just because they didn't want the headaches. I, I, I feel bad about all of that. But – it's not a character that I, I have a million nagging questions for. I don't have a need for Rose Tico. I can feel bad for the actress, but at the same time be like, we, have, we didn't really need her. And people are sometimes making the argument because, oh, this is a non-white character. Well, they introduced others that weren't, so I don't know if that you know is a sliding scale of making it okay or not okay. I, and look, I know people can be uh, upset. The, the idea that this character was what a term that they use called shelved, it, okay, but it's not like it's not like she was the only minority character in the film, and you decided not to use her. So I, I don't quite know what the argument is. I didn't find her that interesting. I think those same people are the people that are upset that the same sex kiss was in the background. And it wasn't more prominently featured. Yeah, like no, you screw- you're, by the way, you're 100% right, because I'm thinking of somebody I follow on Twitter I alluded to in our last episode, that uh, her point was both of those things. Mm-hmm. Both of those things. The same-sex kiss, which, by the way, in certain territories and countries around the world, that has been edited out because of you know just personal, very strong beliefs. And people were up in arms about that. It's like, look, the movie won't be shown in theaters if it's in there. So... You know, it just, I, I don't know. I guess because it's not my issue, because it's not who I am, it's not part of my life. To me, it's sort of the same thing in, uh, I think it was uh, the the third, not J.J. Abrams because he didn't direct it, but the, the third Chris Pine Star Trek, where there's a moment where you realize that Sulu has a husband. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm like, that, that's fine. It's just in the background. It's like, that's the point. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it comes from my point of view that I'm like, I mean, isn't it enough to have it in there at all? But I, I mean, I guess people who these are really important for, I guess, I guess they feel far, much far stronger than I do about it. For sure, it. and obviously not the right person to necessarily <laughs> yeah. like talk about representation in that uh, of that specific way. But I, I'm just like, look, that's not supposed to be the entirety of who you are. So why does that need to be the most prominently featured part of who you are as a character? If none of our main characters are LGBT, so be it. Yeah. 
to like then move on, then it doesn't need to be a prominently featured thing because that wouldn't make sense. And then it would just be straight up to be like, here's what you wanted instead of it being like, hey, look, a normal thing in the background. No, yeah, I think if they made a bigger deal out of it, it would it would be very distracting, you know? And, and by yes. that same reason, that's why I think this Rose Tico stuff is silly because it's not Rise of Tico. <laughs> it's Rise of Sky. You're, it's, you're not a central character, so, so what well, if you're not yeah, in it? it? Look at it this way. She is the wedge of... This trilogy, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's and you know, in, in the background, doing some things that uh, you know help everything, and uh, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, look, she got to go on on an adventure with Finn, and uh, it was a storyline that most people didn't enjoy. So you know, uh, but I don't know. I don't. I don't have this strong need to see. By the way, you've titled the Disney Plus Rose Tico story. It would be the Rise of Tico, but uh, <laughs> Tico Masala. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, and again, I, I I should have these conversations with the people who do feel strongly about it. But I I. I felt like, look, it wouldn't have detracted from the movie if she got on the Falcon with everybody and was there. But for whatever reason, that's not what they wanted. So uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not that worked up over it because, I, like I said, I didn't find the character interesting. Do you, how well, hilarious would it be though if if the character that everybody thinks is shelved it was forced on the trip uh, ship with Lando to be like and then he's like oh you're one of the also forgotten <laughs> like, yeah yeah they'd, they'd be they'd be flying on the uh, the republic ship the token I think yeah. is what, what were we gonna say Dave uh, I was gonna say I mean the the big mystery to me out of that whole film uh, and and it, it just is in the back of my head this this whole time, who the hell is Dominic Monaghan? Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot he was just standing there. He was in the yeah, he's, uh, he's just like Force standing Awakens, there yeah. in like three or four scenes in the background, not yeah. doing anything. And it's like how Greg Grunberg was back, who is you know really close for I think he was his roommate in college, but he's been yeah. friends with J.J. Abrams since they went to NYU together. So he always turns up and everything, but it's like he's completely absent in the middle movie that J.J. didn't direct. But then he's back. He's well, like he's just part of the gang. I yeah. think both of them were back, and the, my this could just be. I could be totally wrong on this. My assumption as to why they were back was because they were like, oh, we need to use more footage for, that we filmed for Force Awakens with Leia in it to help tie things in, and they would have been in it, uh, so okay. they needed them yeah, to that, be around. I, I think that, look, that's a, that's as good a reason. But yeah, there are... are what, was, was he in Force Awakens? I, I know the second guy was. I think uh, Greg, Monaghan Greg, was, Greg Grunberg too. was. And Greg Grunberg was, yeah. yeah. That was a, a big there's deal. A, there's another character from Lost uh, that I actually forget the actor's name, but he also shows up in Force Awakens. So, you know, J.J.'s got his friends. Look, everybody does that. That's fine. Yeah, well, you know, Carrie yeah. Russell, who had, yeah. I, I think I think one scene. I don't think the rest of, of her character was her. Uh, um, I think she just voiced it. I think and, she just voiced it. There was a point and, where we saw her eyes, and I yeah, and you could tell that those are her eyes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But okay. yeah, I, I doubt she was she was in the in the suit the whole time. Yeah, I think she's yeah. part of Daft Punk. <laughs> That's what she has <laughs> Yeah, I thought, uh, and like I thought that was nice. I've always liked her, and uh, you know, my wife was a big Felicity fan, so she was excited. And I didn't realize that's who it was, though. I'm just dumb. It wasn't Felicity until... Huffman? <laughs> no, no, she's she's wearing a different kind of iron right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But uh, well, look, I I think that you know if there. 
I don't need them to ever go back in on the Skywalker family in another trilogy or anything. I think that we're look, we're going to get an Obi-Wan series, so obviously some of these themes are going to show up in it. But I'm very intrigued by whatever is going to come next, whether it's future trilogies or more movies. What were you going to say, Jeff? Sorry, you just said uh, All in the Family with the Skywalkers. Yeah. And so I imagine the opening of All in the Family with and, the Skywalkers. And so who who is playing the piano there? Is it? I think Darth it, needs to be playing the piano. Okay. But I was imagining Palpatine doing the singing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there's somebody can uh, make the meme or, a, or a, an illustration of that. But Dave, I'll ask you first. What would you most be interested in if you heard like, well, the next movie or maybe trilogy or even series, the next thing that has yet to be announced, what is something that comes to mind that you would be particularly interested in? Kathleen Kennedy said something um, last year about, uh, you know, it's really hard to write a Star Wars movie because we're making this up as we go along and um, not realizing there's a thousand comics and probably you know, two or three hundred novels written within the Star Wars universe that they just threw away. Yeah. Uh, saying that they're not going to use the the expanded universe stuff, and yet here they are, you know, bringing some of that expanded universe back. Right. Uh, and and so, just to, just to interject, one of the examples of that is they introduced the character of Grand Admiral Thrawn in Rebels, uh, who was previously discarded. So you know, you've seen that they're willing to pick and choose some of the things that came before. But what were you going to say, Dave? I'll exactly. let you finish your thought. Uh, I, I was going to say, um, I think that it recently came out that that. Uh, they're thinking that the next trilogy might be set, you know, a couple thousand years earlier in the Old Republic. And uh, I, I think that is, gonna, is, is a really smart way to go because the technology can be different uh, but still sort of look Star Wars-y. You have a whole new set of characters, yet you still have dark side and light side, Sith and Jedi. Um so, so all the basics are there, but you can tell, still tell really good stories. And, and you know, a lot of the expanding universe was old Republic stuff. Yeah, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, the one that comes to mind. I remember a, a, a series that Dark Horse did called Tales of the Jedi, which was right. set, you know, in in that era. And yeah, I think that's actually what I was going to say. I'd be very interested in a, a different time period. A thousand years is great. Uh, you want to go? I, I, I don't need to go forward right now. I think if you go that far back, you could get some really interesting series, uh, maybe a series of films, maybe a TV series, live action, animated. There's so many options. You're Disney. You can literally do anything you want. We're were you going to say, Jeff? Well, first I had a question, which is, is there any, like, do they own all that material and have it at their disposal, or would there be any potential licensing issues from using stuff from no, Expanded they, they own it all. Yeah. They okay. just decided to not yeah. use any of it because it conflicted with whatever they were going to do. See, like, like Dark Empire, uh, Crimson Empire... All of that stuff that happened after Return of the Jedi uh, happened, uh, you know, between 10 and 30 years after Return of the Jedi, which is where they set um, Force Awakens in the following film. So they didn't want to have canon um, be in all these books and comics and then be conflicted directly with 
the characters and, and the situations in the movie because there was no first order in any of the comics that that happened you know when return of the jedi ended you know up to a couple of hundred years later when you have the children of, of luke and leia yeah. um you know become jedis and then have the academy and blah 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 so so they just they just said everything that was done after return of the jedi in the expanded universe doesn't exist we're starting fresh, but they still own it. Yeah, because it was so, all it was all licensed by Lucasfilm. They bought Lucas. Right. They didn't just buy the Star Wars movies. And look, I was a huge fan of the Marvel series, and the you know I I like borrowed comic books from my brother. But the first comic book I ever bought was Star Wars number seventy five, which is a storyline that was set on on a, an all water world, a, a planet that is not the same one in the movie. Starring Kevin Costner. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, you know, there I think that there are some great things that can be taken from, you know, all through the run. I mean, probably, honestly, I think that the, the weakest part of that is the the run in the Marvel series after just the first movie before Empire Strikes Back because they just didn't know what to do and right. you know there's a there's a, there's a Jabba character that doesn't look anything like the Jabba in Return of the Jedi but he's also not a guy either he's not just a human Jabba the Domino exactly so you know there's there's so much stuff you know and I know George Lucas apparently hated the the Green Rabbit from uh, the original yes. uh, Marvel but that character has his his own supporters as well. So uh, I don't. Know. I think it'll be interesting to see what it is. I just hope whatever it is, and these series are fine. But the next movies, I just hope that they take a beat, they take their time, they figure it out. You don't need to make up a Star Wars movie as you go along. Why don't you map it out? Map out a trilogy, yeah. even if you don't have the same director for all three films. Know where it's going, and if it's like, oh, you know that movie we thought was going to come out in 2023, it's probably going to be better if it comes out in 2024. We need to work on it a little bit more. Uh, right. You're going to be Disney. You're going to have Marvel movies coming out in the interim. You'll be fine. I just want to see a John Wick set in the Star Wars universe where it's just like a super Star Wars badass that just murders everybody. So Mandalorian? <laughs> Kind of, but even <laughs> but even more over the top. Because in The Mandalorian, he seems to have limitations. Yeah. John well, Wick has no limitations. Well, speaking of The Mandalorian, Dave, uh, I'll be interested in uh, getting your thoughts when you do have a chance to watch the series. But thank you so much for being so generous with your time. We've talked for over an hour already about Rise of Skywalker. And our guest has been Dave Dorman on Twitter, at Dave Dorman. And I think I got your website wrong, but I know one of them is DaveDorman.com. And then what's the yeah, other that, one? That's good. And then Facebook is Dave Dorman Artist. Yeah, and I'll... I'll, I'll one word, and it's D-O-R-M-E-N. Not and, two O's, just one O. And I'll make sure that I have this posted by Friday, January 10th. So you're going to finish your... your The Child, which I know a lot of people call Baby Yoda. You're, you're going to actually be doing that on Facebook uh, Live on Friday, January 10th, right? Yes. Okay. Which is tomorrow. Right. By the, yeah. And by the time people are listening, it might be today, but I'm going to post this on Thursday, so hopefully people hear that. Also, I have a prediction. Yes. Your favorite part of all the Mandalorian episodes is going to be the credits. Well, yeah, that's a okay. good, that's a great point. They, yeah, you'll actually, that, yeah, I didn't even think of that. You'll really like the way that they do the credit sequences. I think you'll you'll like that when you see it. Um, cool. Well, Very Dave, cool. thank you as always, and thank you to Jeff Duray. I think that this was Jeff Duray, not Duray Jeff, but yeah, uh, I'll never, never really know at Jeff Duray. Uh, I am of course Christian Blatt, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week. I think we're going to do a little bit more talk on Star Wars. I really want to get uh, our friend Will's thoughts because I know he didn't like it, and he's the 
ultimate last Jedi apologist. Uh, so I just I just want I want to have a, a very a very Zen Jedi like conversation about him about why we have differences of opinion and we'll meet in the middle probably with the Mandalorian. Uh, but that won't be this time. That'll be next time on. The-